Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the eighth episode of Center Stand, the motorcycle industry podcast produced and powered by IMS Outdoors. All right. Today, we're talking about some new business. If you're a traditional old school motorcycle dealer, we're going to open your eyes to a whole new way of doing business out there, and that is through motorcycle rentals. This is going to be a future of our industry, uh, not just the traditional rental model, but how rentals are turning into motorcycle sales, Uh, so how that entire experience is executed and how it delivers more sales um, just based on the theory that motorcycle rentals and motorcycle sharing is going to uh, expose more riders out there. So I'm going to welcome our guest, Austin Rothbard, visionary, founder, um, CEO of Twisted Road Motorcycle Rentals, and Mike Shadibi, president of Windy City Fox Motorsports, which, by the way, was named amongst Crane's list of Chicago's largest privately held businesses. This is not a tiny operation. Welcome to Center Stand, gentlemen. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Robert. Hey, Mike, uh, I'm just curious, how many locations do you guys have? Is it 15 now? I uh, well, it, it's uh, that I hate that question only because we have some locations that have uh, two dealers that are connected, and some of them right. are retail locations. But if you if you count them all in, we're sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. There you go. Sixteen. So all you dealers out there, imagine overseeing sixteen different dealers and and how many different brands, Mike? Uh, we have. Six different brands. Six different brands. So a lot of information to go through there. I'm going to start with Austin. Um, Austin, so so for those of you listening and you you like having multiple windows up, uh, log on to twistedroad.com and you're going to see what we're talking about here. Uh, Austin, give us an elevator pitch for your company. What is Twisted Road all about? Yeah, Yeah, Robert, we are a motorcycle rental business, but what makes us unique is that all of the um, bikes on our platform are are privately owned. So it's like Airbnb, but instead of renting someone's house, you rent their bike. And we're solving two problems in the motorcycle industry. One is people want to rent a bike when they travel or when they're test riding a new motorcycle. And the other problem is that too many bikes are sitting in garages being unused. So we solve both problems. And you started this just a few years ago, right? And now Twisted Road is is the leading peer-to-peer motorcycle rental platform. Um, what has sort of surprised you through the process and developing this company and kind of seeing it to the level of success you've got right now? Well, most recently, the thing that was that was surprising was how much of a need there is on the dealer side for a platform like ours. You know, when I when I started, it was just three years ago. We went live three years ago, like last week. Um, I really only thought about it as being, you know, one on one. But uh, it became clear that a lot of people are using our platform to to gain different awareness and to have people test ride their motorcycles as they're selling them. And, um, and, and the most surprising thing was now moving that over to the dealer side, how effective it's been. Wow. We're definitely going to dig into that. So, uh, Mike, uh, you're the president of the, one of the largest, uh, motorcycle distributor networks in the U S. Um, uh, your organization, 
um, covers a lot of different brands um, and covers uh, a, a lot of um, uh, geography around uh, the Chicago area. Um, how have you guys been doing over the past few months, you know, in our in our pandemic period? And obviously Chicago's creeping into winter. So maybe you can speak a little bit to where you see things going as well. Uh, well, the, I know everybody wants to talk about the, the pandemic and what's happening and dealers. And, and I'm not going to, uh, you know, bore you with what everybody's talking about in the industry as a whole. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, get, getting into a lot of details about customers looking for toys and the demand going up. You right. know, we've, we've seen that like everybody else. I, I think I think for us, really, what's happened this year uh, is pretty similar to uh, back when the Great Recession hurt, uh, hit. And, uh, and I was in the marine industry at the time. I was at Mercury Marine. And, and I, in those moments in time, uh, just like this year, certainly it's a time when I think it was Churchill who said, never waste a good crisis. And, yeah, and it's yeah. <laughs> certainly, certainly the right time when uh, everybody needs to be looking at themselves in the mirror and, and figuring out what are the changes that should have been made uh, a while ago that, that we get on top of getting done and, uh, and, and just looking at uh, what's the right portfolio? What's the right team? What's the right process? Uh, I'm I'm big on process, and uh, and how do you uh, reinvent yourself to come out of this leaner and meaner than you were before? And you got you've got kind of a double whammy on that, right? Because Harley Davidson, which is one of your major brands, um, are they've got a new CEO and they're making some pretty significant realignments within that brand, right? Yeah, we're you're correct. We're uh, primarily Harley Davidson dealerships. Uh, about ninety percent of our business is, and uh, the the new CEO Yakin uh, came on this year. And actually, I'm I'm really excited about uh, a lot of the decisions he's making, and the future for the brand and what that looks like uh, in in years to come. Because when when we look at uh, some of the things. Uh, from a Harley Davidson standpoint, you know, it's it's. Uh, I really think he's making decisions that are healthy, you know, for uh, for the company, for the motor company, for the dealer network, uh, for consumers that are out there. So I really look forward to seeing uh, more in the upcoming years. Yeah, I think one of the things that's been uh, really interesting is like sort of the reduction in SKUs, right? So Harley was known to have. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a, a V-twin cruiser, they had pretty much every slice of the pie. And it seems like um, uh, there are certain models that are kind of the key volume models that are going to be getting a little bit more attention. And some of the stuff that is sort of subset models may be going away. Uh, does that sort of thing bodes well for you guys, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it does. When you look at uh, having, you know, when you look at the range of product, the breadth of product, I, I think sometimes there were models out there that were really being pushed to uh, just try and, and uh, uh, you know, eke out a little bit more growth. But whether or not it was really uh, healthy, uh, strong uh, GP that it was pr producing for the business as a whole or not is uh is, is something that could be debated and we could probably spend 
uh, you know, quite a bit of time on that. I think fundamentally, really, what I'm hearing out of them is getting into the uh, uh, really the core uh, group of customers that that uh, focus on the Harley Davidson brand and and who it is. Uh, certainly, it feels like getting the brand in a place where uh, where it has uh, uh, you know it really taps into the swagger that it has. Right is is what I uh, sense we're really going to be seeing more out of because because that's really you know Harley has uh, uh, a true heritage and and uh, you know a lot of people loving uh, that have a love for the brand which we all know and and that's really what they have to just keep fostering. So the reason that I'm drilling into the you know we're sitting here talking about motorcycle. Uh, rental programs. But the reason I'm drilling into the Harley Davidson, like sort of variety of SKUs is that when a customer comes in to a dealer, maybe let's say a year and a half ago, the total variety of bikes is pretty eye-watering, right? And then if you want to demo ride something, if you want to try something out, there's a pretty good chance that that exact bike is not going to be available for, uh, for an extended demo in particular. So how, you know, so Therefore, having fewer platforms or fewer varietals, if you will, uh, it kind of makes it a little bit easier for that customer experience. So drilling into the um, into Twisted Road, how did you guys incorporate Twisted Road into your dealership for a better consumer experience? Well, and, and I'll, I'll first uh, go back to your previous point uh, about the variety of products, because mm-hmm. we sell a lot of used pre-owned motorcycles as well. Uh, we have, um, uh, you know, we're not afraid to sell uh, every brand and uh, an age of product that's out there as long as it has two wheels. So typically, uh, we're looking at uh, uh, an inventory collectively of uh, at least 1,500 bikes that are sitting in inventory somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that creates the offering uh complexity you know, you know it, it just makes it even larger out there the mm. opportunity mm. for customers to find out so so if i answer your question though uh austin and i i think we had coffee like two years ago yeah something like that. Austin. Yeah. and uh and it was right after he started and and uh and, and austin and i had crossed paths uh kind of sort of in past lives and uh and he had just started twisted road i had just started i think uh a few weeks on the job with Windy City Fox, and we uh, met up. and And Austin said, "Well, this is what I'm doing." And and I said, "Oh, I'm I uh, just started working with the dealer group," and and it was just kind of one of those moments of, "Well, uh, let's stay in touch," because he was building a platform that could connect people looking for bikes, and uh, and we had thousands of bikes that were looking for people to connect with, and and so that's really. Uh, the, I think the first conversation that we had, and then over time, uh, as Austin was growing the platform and, and uh, creating an awesome experience, uh, I think it just built from there with us looking at how do we take advantage of uh, the, the really nice uh, experience that he was putting together with all the bikes that we had to offer. 
Well, we were too early, Mike. Like when we started talking, you know, I remember you saying, well, you know, how would I list these bikes? And, and, and I'm saying, well, you can list them on our site. And you'd say, yeah, but, you know, we got a thousand of them. You know, like, and that, and all these conversations were evolving because we, we weren't, we were new at it. You know, we were new at the dealer side. We hadn't perfected it. And then when we rolled it out a few months ago, I think we got to a point where a lot of those initial questions had been answered. Like on the um, listing multiple bikes, you know, we connect, Robert, this might be new to you, but we connect into their hosting platform. Mm-hmm. So they use dealer spike. So when it when a bike gets listed on dealer spike as a used motorcycle for sale, it Im- it immediately appears on our site for rent the next day. All the images, all the description, it just appears. So um, we were able to hook into that to to accommodate some of the the volume that um, Mike and his team were ready for. But without that discussion with him, we wouldn't have even thought about that side of the business. So that was a real Kickstarter there. So, uh, you know, the uh, if I want to come in and I want to try out a new road glide or something like that, I and but, you know, r- putting around the block isn't really going to cut it on a motorcycle like that. So um, I can rent it for a while. And then assuming that I buy that, then it's all tied into the system to where it's removed from future rentals, that particular unit. Is that right? That's Yeah, that's exactly right. If it comes off, if you take and we do a lot of things to help. Uh, our dealers, such as Windy City, convert that customer and get them get them to buy. You know, our our model is set up to really encourage the sale, because as the sales dealer sales and conversion go up, you know, our business does better just because of the growth. So, um, but what'll happen is if the bike gets listed on the site today. It'll show up tomorrow, and if Robert, you buy that bike on Saturday, it'll be off the site on Sunday. Yeah, there you go, there you go. So, so it's almost just live tracking of that. Um, and in your work, Austin, you've got you know working with a number of dealers. Windy City, the only one using this program right now, or are you doing some some work on other parts of the nation? No, we have a few dealers using it right now. Windy City is where we piloted it and rolled out a lot of the major um, advancements, but. I just finished launching a dealer uh, destination cycle in the Hill Country today. Tomorrow, we're launching another dealer, uh, Texas Motorsports, up in the northern side of Austin in Harker Heights near Fort near Fort Hood. So we're growing this dealer platform, uh, you know, pretty aggressively. Right. Okay. And so, Mike, that that tool of being able to, uh, you know, rent or uh, a motorcycle for a longer period of time than a demo. Um, was that a challenge to pitch to consumers to, Hey, pay for this extended demo ride versus take the bike around the block and, or no, just I, I, th- I, I think it's, I think it's worked, uh, you, you know, really easily for us, uh, the, the, the experience and, and how we promote it, uh, with twisted road. Cause, cause we're putting, uh, uh, the, the bike rentals on, uh, our our website because we have a uh, we've been in the rental business for years uh, so we uh, promoted as chicagomotorcyclerental.com mm-hmm. and uh, and so we're we're pushing leads there from all of our uh, marketing activities and Austin's pushing from uh, the twisted roadside and and so it's something we're both eager to do uh, we really 
uh, view this as as uh, uh, an opportunity just to get people uh, demoing bikes. And and I know uh, it's it, it's really teed up as a peer to peer rental, uh, but when when we look at it, we uh, think it's a great opportunity for people to just take whatever bike out they want to they want to go out and uh, you know a few day demo on. And, right. and uh, everybody who rides knows that they sit there and say, man, I'm always thinking of the next bike that uh, I really want to own, but I'm not sure about it. And, uh, you know, it might be cool, but what, what if it doesn't feel right or fit right? Right. right. And, uh, and that's what it does for everybody. Yeah, it's like an extent, I, you know, rental is really a bad word in, 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 in motorcycles, in the motorcycle industry, because I think that people think it takes away from people who want to buy. But um, we, we're looking at it less of a rental business and more of an extended, extended demo. Um, and once people get the buy, and, and it's, you really, I really believe that the extended demo like this is needed because unlike a car, where you drive it for 20 minutes and you know how it feels a motorcycle gets used on different types of rides, whether you're just running out to the store for a five minute ride or, or you're getting on the highway. And so to really make sure it fits, you know, your posture, your back, your height and everything, getting that extended test ride is really helpful in, um, in the purchase process. We, we sometimes will see, people trying out renting different bikes in an area like we'll see someone rent five different motorcycles in san diego over the course of five weeks mm -hmm. and then they stop and then two weeks later they've listed a bike on our site mm -hmm. so they're using it to test ride different bikes and then when they buy they put the bike on the site to kind of complete the ecosystem that's really interesting. So, uh, you know, obviously the conversation has been around like sort of the, you know, Harley Davidson uh, uh, models, given the given the focus of the uh, the Windy City Motorsports brands. But uh, are you seeing where Harley Davidson themselves, corporate, is interested in these programs? Is this something that's a challenge to them or is it just a, a complimentary thing that only the dealer is going to pay attention to? Or do you think that's something that's going to grow in uh, importance to kind of link into, you know, a Honda getting a, you know, getting a rent a, a CRF 450, for instance? Well, we're, we're in the early stages of this of this program, so I can't speak to the, the, the level of interest in Harley or any other OEM, but we're starting to get a lot of traction in larger organizations seeing the benefit, you know, and, and it's just that I think that we had a study done, we did a, um, some research like a year ago, and one of the top things that was stopping people from buying a bike, it was like 46%, one of the top reasons, was the inability to really test ride it. Mm -hmm. So we're filling that gap. I, I've got an interesting story, if I could, Robert. So I just sold my, my motorcycle like two or three weeks ago, and I had a, um, a V7 Classic, a Moto Guzzi V7 Classic. So I, so I listed it on like Craigslist and Cycle Trader, and at the bottom of, of the page, I said, test ride it if you want the bikes available on twisted road to test ride and sure enough i got an email a few days later and somebody was blown away by the opportunity to test ride. never even heard of us i mean like i said we're still young and he rented it uh for the weekend friday to sunday came to my house on friday picked it up and on saturday he was texting me 
um, wanting to make an offer on the bike. And it's like, that's the, that's the connection we're making and helping close deals, whether it's mine as a private user or a dealer with, you know, a fleet of motorcycles that are, that are sitting on the store costing, you know, floor planning money. So Mike, does this end up, I know this, obviously this is a pretty killer sales tool on the floor. Is it taking a lot of, uh, sort of different training for your sales staff, or is this something that sort of fits in as a as sort of a natural tool on the sales floor? Uh, it, it, uh, I won't say that it, it didn't take any training because uh, anytime you bring in uh, a new program uh, like this, it, people have questions. I, I think I'd, I'd chunk it into a couple of different pieces. Uh, one is the system itself and the technology itself. Uh, Austin and their team have done a really nice job of integrating it where it just works well and easily uh, like a lot of uh, apps that are out there right now mm-hmm. and and so from that standpoint uh, it's been pretty easy to uh, adopt uh, the the only thing that the sales team needs to really understand is uh, they have the opportunity to turn uh, pre-owned bikes uh, on and off the site so mm-hmm. if they have an appointment coming up or, or uh, they haven't sold, they just have to make sure they flip that switch. So from a technology system standpoint, it's, uh, it's been very easy. So that, the, the teamwork part of that ends up being pretty important. And so it's probably one of those things that actually helps your team stay a little bit tighter, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, the, I think the, uh, the part that required uh, some more training is talking with the sales team about uh, how do they use this as a tool to engage uh, new riders or riders who are shopping around and uh, and get them excited about looking at bikes and trying them out and demoing them and uh, and really viewing it uh, not as a hassle. But often in the past, uh, we've had uh, rental offerings that were just kind of uh, clunky and and uh, and a challenge and and the customers uh, would come in and, and uh, be upset for uh, whatever reason, uh, communication or, or systems. And, and that was uh, certainly a hurdle that we had to overcome. But once they got going on it, uh, you know, it's, it's been uh, really fun watching them use this as a different, as a different tool just to get people excited about the bikes. Cause um, you know, anybody in the dealership can, point at a bike and say, Hey, you want to take it out for a weekend? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just go to this website, fill out this form. And, uh, and Austin's team takes care of all the the background checks and the insurance and all the, uh, all the tough stuff behind the scenes just gets done really easily. So we can focus on uh, just presenting the opportunity to the rider. So the dealership gets to be the good cop and Austin has to be the bad cop in that scenario, potentially. Right. Totally. Yeah. 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 you know, we have, we have a, we have a, you know, Mike, you talk about background checks. The one thing that um, sometimes does come up is um, our, we take our insurance extremely seriously. So our insurance company does all the background checks and at a minimum riders need to have a, uh, a motorcycle endorsement that is active and not suspended. That's at a minimum, but they do a bunch of other checks as well. If someone comes in and wants to rent a bike and they've got, you know, 20 points on their license. We won't let them ride. Sometimes, you know, we are the bad cop and we have to tell them that our system won't let, uh, you can't ride with us. But one thing we've done recently is now we're integrating all of our, um, 
all of our leads, any customer request that comes in uh, to rent a motorcycle or to test ride a motorcycle to any of our dealers, we are integrating with their CRM. So, so um, it's not only people who rent with us, but also an attempted rental where maybe they don't have, they're too high in insurance risk. Mike and his team get name, email, cell phone, address, and the bike they tried to rent. It's automatically integrated into their uh, CRM and lead management systems, and they can start um, working working the close. Yeah, and that's probably not going to come as a shock to that customer. I suspect by the time you you run from the cops a few times, you've got it figured out that you you know you might not be able to rent the motorcycle, right? You should just buy one. You yeah, just buy it, right? That's a flip back to you, Mike. It's just, hey, buddy, you're just gonna have to buy it. Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, I mean, there's a changing um, uh, demographic in motorcycles. Obviously, Harley Davidson for years historically has has been trying to pull down uh, the um, the age range you know, through products, whether, and through the visuals, you know, um, whether it's a, you know, a slow motion flapping flannel shirts on a sportster or, or teasing, you know, there was a big variety of stuff that they try to do teasing electric bicycles and, and that kind of thing. So with, with, um, sort of a, a greater focus, uh, in the product range, there is, currently a shifting i'm going to call it psychographic of riders coming in so there are people out there who are um you know 35 45 55 who are more technologically savvy um than the prior generation uh customers have been right, right. so they're coming in more educated they're coming in um and, and they've already dug into the brand maybe they've got a, a better idea uh, of what they're they're looking for, yeah. um, and, um, and this tool is going to help. So knowing that we have smarter customers coming in, I want to drill into something that we talked about in the, in the prior, uh, couple center stand, uh, podcast episodes, uh, and that focused in on the increase in female riding participation in motorcycling, right? right. This, right. this is a huge topic for us. And I, I feel that fundamentally, if we do a better job of, of being more inclusive of female riderships, that's 51% of us genetically. Right. So, uh, and according to the MIC is only 19% of ridership. So, I mean, there's nothing but upside over there. So, um, Mike, um, have you seen an increase in, in female, uh, inquiries, uh, and does that tie into the rental programs or training? How, how has that recently shifted for you guys? Great question. Uh, I think we've, we've certainly been seeing an increase in female riders. Uh, like I've seen some of the, the national data talking about, and, uh, and it's great to see more and more female riders, but I haven't seen our data as it relates to Twisted Road. Austin might have more insight into it from uh, his standpoint, renters. Are you, are, are, before Austin answers that, yeah. are, are you seeing uh, just more female inquiries at your dealership? Or, or uh, that's, that's certainly refle reflective of that. I guess what I'm trying to drill down to is that something that you guys are actively um, sort of cultivating within your own uh, culture, or is that something that the industry needs to do to help push those customers into your front doors? Well, I, so I think, uh, I think we can all do more to, 
cultivate new riders and female riders in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, uh, I saw this was, uh, you know, in, in some of the notes ahead of the podcast and, uh, and I was trying to dig deep in terms of what all, uh, we've been doing to promote female riding. And there, there's certainly certain, uh, there's certainly events tied, to, uh, uh, females that are riding, mm-hmm. uh, international women's riders day. There's a big ride that goes out of the Chicagoland area and, um, in an event there that we were planning on having this year, uh, before all the fun. Uh, so those types of activities, uh, of course we do. And it really, as I was thinking about the, uh, this topic, uh, and what we're doing, I, I tried to relate it a little bit more personally, cause I don't have great, uh, stats or, or data for you. And, uh, and when I was thinking about it, uh, as, as it relates to me personally, uh, I, I'm married and I have two daughters. Uh, and, and so my wife, uh, does some work with us in the dealership and she went through a uh, writing academy class last year. Uh, and my daughter who's 15, uh, is, has her, uh, her permit right now, uh, for driver's license permit. She's 15, uh, and learning to drive. And she's been riding with me sh- since she was, uh, about seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so I was sitting there thinking, well, what, what have I been doing personally to try and, uh, influence them and, and how can I relate that, to what all of the riders and dealers across the industry can be doing to help, uh, promote the, the, uh, the sport, the activity for women. And, um, uh, as I was reflecting on it, uh, you know, I guess my reaction is it, it feels like there's a, a lot of activities that people talk about uh, in terms of advertising and promoting and, and pushing women into the sport. And, and I think that's uh, probably the wrong approach and the wrong way to uh, grow uh, the number of female riders. And, and I say that from the standpoint of uh, myself, uh, taking a little bit more of a longer term, uh, journey perspective with, uh, with Stacy, my wife and Olivia, my daughter and, and Catherine, who's my, uh, seven-year-old daughter and, and getting them into the sport. Uh, it's, it's not as, uh, uh, quick, uh, a, uh, a conversion as I think a lot of dealers like it to be, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yep. Yep. It take, definitely takes work. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's the commitment that we just have to stay on top of. And, uh, and it's, you know, I can sit here and say, well, we, we trained this year, uh, we're on track to train, uh, 1600 new riders across our dealers. And, um, uh, and, and we're tracking the percentage of them that are, uh, women and growing that. Uh, but I, but I think that's just too quick and easy of an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a part of the, the overall uh, equation and um, but but getting, uh, you know, my my uh, family involved, getting uh, riders to get uh, their family members who are women involved uh, and and uh, really taking that long term journey perspective is what we all need to be doing. 
because yeah. uh, I think it's I think it's probably a little arrogant to just say, well, you know, we can run a campaign and and uh, and, and make a difference because this isn't happening overnight. And I think specific ways that you can do that, though, uh, that that I love to look at is uh, we we seem to be hiring more and more women uh, into the dealerships, uh, selling bikes, selling F&I, and, uh, and, and it's not nearly enough. And I'd love to find ways to hire more women into the dealerships. Because I think that's really probably one of the biggest ways that I can impact uh, that journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, Austin, uh, your uh, that was a great answer, Mike. Thank you very much for that. Um, the um, uh, on Twisted Road, are you seeing an increase in female rental participation in your programs? Yeah, we are. In fact, when the, when the stats came out that it was nineteen percent, I think it was up from eleven in the right. Day. I was really excited um, when I started the company. I, I real, I, I really believe that we are building a community. You know, we're not just a rental operation or organization. We're a community of riders. Women understand community much better than guys. So yes. we've always been working with women aggressively, uh, with women riders to get to get them to know about what we're doing, and educate them. There's a few ways we do that. Um, number one is when we are lo- targeting a new market, we will connect immediately with women's riding groups in the market. Uh, for example, in Denver, we worked c- closely with the Scarlet Headers. We've worked with the leaders in different markets and just get awareness up. Sometimes we'll give discount codes to, um, to certain women's riding groups uh, just to build awareness at the beginning. And then we also um, are pretty aggressive and, and, and interested in sponsoring uh, women's riding events like Babes Ride Out. We've been doing that for a few years. And uh, whenever, whenever, honestly, whenever there's someone, a, a, a woman rider comes to us and asks for something, we're always, always giving it, whether we're giving free rides out for a, a raffle. Um, and then the last thing we're doing is, is, um, we, as we've been growing our blog presence, we've incorporated a handful of female writers mm-hmm. to uh, give a female perspective on things. So, for example, um, a, we have a great article on summer riding gear, the best summer riding gear for women. We even have an article that came out recently on the best, um, the five best motorcycles to, to ride as a new rider for women, which helps which helps break down some of the intimidation factor around. So it's an integrated part of our company. Um, you'll, you'll probably see uh, a disproportionately high number of, of women tagging us on Instagram, um, mm. you know, much greater than the 20% or 19% of female riders out there. Uh, I think I actually think the percentage is higher. I think that there are many yeah. uh, women out there who purchase motorcycles and the motorcycles are titled in their name yeah. uh, or it, you know or they're they're helping out with a credit in a marital situation or whatever so i actually think it's it's considerably higher i think a lot of uh, boyfriends or husbands sometimes buy a bike for the girlfriend uh and i've done this myself where that you know uh, they didn't they weren't sure that they were going to be in for the long time so they wanted me to buy the bike and that way i would be the one who would have to deal with selling it if they decided they were they weren't into this right um so i think it's actually higher 
Um, the I think the one thing that's interesting from Twisted Road is, you know, obviously a lot of conversations have been around Harley Davidson is known for the larger V twins, heavier, yeah. you know, 500 pound bikes and stuff. But you've got um, you've got people who are renting smaller motorcycles, right? You've got everything. You, you know, it's, yeah. I was just thinking through this as you were talking about it. I, the three of our top rent owners in our ecosystem are women. Right. Um, we've got a Triumph Tiger in Denver that's that's always out. We've got a Scrambler in um, L.A. that's always out, and we've got a um, a Road King in 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 Long Beach that's also out often. In fact, here's a really interesting story. There's a there's a a woman. The one in Hollywood who has the Ducati Scrambler rented out uh, her her um, motorcycle to another woman for Babes Ride Out last year. Mm -hmm. And then as it got closer, she said, man, I've, I, I really need a motorcycle now because I want to go. I didn't think I was going to go, but I'm going to go. So she rented a bike on Twisted Road so she could attend the event, which is kind <laughs> of ironic. Yeah. yeah, that's great. All right. Well, guys, we're going to wrap things up here, but I have a question that I ask all of our guests, uh, and uh, I'll ask this to both of you. And, uh, Mike, I'll ask you to go first here. Um, and that is if you are in front of the entire motorcycle industry, all the dealers and all the brands all at one time, and you had a few sentences to say to them in regards to uh, whether it's motorcycle rentals or something general for the industry, uh, what would you say to them? Let's start with Mike. Uh, tough question. I, I guess in the spirit of today's conversation, I'd end by saying hire more women and sign up for Twisted Road. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the promo. You get the cookies. Nice job. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, you know, as I'm talking to a lot of dealers out there, I think that um, I'm seeing I'm seeing a, a pattern and a habit of maintaining the status quo. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily have to do with our extended test ride program, but anything that's a little bit different than what's worked in the past is is met with some skepticism in the industry. Um, and I think we're in a in a time right now where because of what's going on with the pandemic times are good and everybody is great and it and it and and sales are hot and they can't keep inventory and all the things that we wish we had a year or two ago are coming true but now is the time also to embrace new innovation and to to take on things that you might not have considered in the past um in in, in this will end you know, whether it's six months or a year or two years, I don't know when, but I'm guessing that this incredible peak of demand will drop just like it will at Home Depot with people wanting to fix up their homes. And so the people who, who embrace innovation now, whether it's a rental program like ours, like, like Windy City has, or other things that are out there, um, I think are going to be the ones that really push forward when things start to slow down a little bit. I think that's really savvy. That was a great answer, Austin. Um, I, you know, one of my uh, takeaways from this entire conversation is you're right. Things are going to change again, but it's going to be the new normal. It's not unusual to take your shoes off at the airport now, right. like it used to be a while that's ago, right? right? So there's right. going to be this new normal, and we are going to be adapting to changes. People 
as a culture are appreciating the outdoors even more. Right. And um, and motorcycling through the outdoors is one of those great things. So even if there is a, you know, if if there's a, a, a bursting bubble for new motorcycle sales, all of a sudden there are going to be a bunch of used motorcycles out there. Absolutely. And I could I could certainly see. And you guys might, you know, see this as a future business model, both out of the dealership and for Twisted Road. But I could see where somebody would start grabbing up some good deals on these lightly used used motorcycles and creating their own rental fleets that become these like little sort of micro entertainment things. Totally. Uh, you know, in, in different parts. And so the business models are going to change out there. And I think, Austin, you're basically saying, and I'm, I think Mikey would agree with this, just take the blinders off, people. We got some great opportunities in front of us, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I, and, Mike, and, go uh, ahead. Finish up sorry, for sorry, I was just going to say, I, you know, Austin, you're, you're talking about change within the dealerships and, and, and you know, just building on that. Uh, you know, I think not to get too philosophical, it's a good time to really think about how we're changing uh, ourselves with our family and at home and encouraging kids to get out there and, and recognize the world is still an awesome place and getting kids out to run around and have a love for movement and be excited on whatever BMX bikes or skateboards or activities they might have. Uh, that's, that's important as well right now for everybody to not cower and sit around inside. Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode eight of Center Stand, your motorcycle industry podcast. I want to thank our guest, Austin Rothbard, founder, CEO, visionary, Twisted Road. Check out twistedroad.com. Uh, and then make sure you try and visit one of the several dealerships, uh, 16 odd dealerships that are uh, run by Windy City Fox Motorsports. Hit windycity-mc.com to check out those locations. Uh, see what a progressive dealership is all about. Austin Rothbard, thank you, sir. Mike Shadivi from uh, Windy City Fox Motorsports. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for this great conversation. Our upcoming e-newsletter is coming to an inbox near you. It's going to feature articles that dive deeper into these discussed topics. Um, you can subscribe to that. It's free over at continuetheride.com. And don't forget to follow the motorcycle shows on all our platforms, including LinkedIn, one of my favorites. Uh, keep paying attention to the IMS pages. And remember, we're getting closer and closer to announcing the IMS outdoor schedule and series I want everyone to ride on, and we will see you down the road. Thank you very much, folks. Bye.